Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello and welcome to another edition of Reach for Hope, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson. You know, all month, the month of September, we've been talking about and recognizing National uh, Suicide Prevention Month. And last week in St. George, the American Foundation for the Prevention of Suicide held its annual Out of the Darkness Walk, along with hundreds of other cities across the country. This movement is an event that brings unity to suicide awareness so that we can all be open to talk about it and uh, talk about our struggles with loss and prevention. With me today is Misty and Luis Valencia, who are both huge supporters for those who have lost loved ones. Welcome to both of you, and thanks for joining me today. Sure appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for this opportunity. Thanks for us, yeah. yeah. Now, I, I met you guys at the at the suicide walk, suicide prevention walk, the Out of the Darkness walk by AFSP. Um, and I was really in, enthralled to hear about your walk efforts and why you were involved in this. But more importantly, I'm so sorry for your loss. So if you could tell me a little bit about your passion, Misty, about why you guys are so passionate about prevention of suicide. Yeah, thank you. Um, we lost our son, Alejandro Valencia, uh, 16 years old, um, in April, on the 21st of 2020. And he really struggled with suicide ideation and depression. And um, we thought we were doing everything that we could, getting him all the help we thought he needed. And uh, right in the midst of COVID, uh, pandemic, school shut down and all of his outlets shut down. The gym he was going to that helped with his mental health shut down. He wasn't allowed to go with his friends and all of his support just kind of stopped, you know, and the world kept going. Um, my husband is, uh, works at a restaurant and I work at the hospital and our jobs were essential and we kept going and just didn't really understand the effect that the pandemic was having on him and um, really looking back like hindsight's 2020, but um, it was the perfect storm for, for his mental health to diminish. And um, when that happened during COVID, there wasn't a lot of support in the community. Everything shut down, you know, uh, any support groups that were running um, stopped. So we just really understood that the community really needs a place to go after a loss like this to talk to those who have lost someone by suicide and um, just be able to support each other right. and talk about it. So. And, and that was a terrible time because the students were in isolation. Even elderly people were at home in isolation. They were telling you, no, don't go places, stay home, stay home if you're sick, stay home if you've gotten COVID, whatever. And so I, I think you're not alone in that time frame. And I'm again, I'm sorry for your loss of Alejandro. I mean, I'm sure he was a great kid. Um, and, and it's a struggle because, um, you know, we don't know what's going through someone's minds. And oftentimes when we're busy and we're caught up in the moment, we don't think about how do we, how do we deal with it? Or you don't even know something's going on. So I yeah. appreciate you sharing your story. I want to talk a little bit about the walk 
and how you supported that. I saw you guys had a whole team, Luis, uh, there, and you had his, and 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 his, and it, it, you had a lot of people in gray t-shirts out there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. I think we ended up getting about forty-five, uh, roughly, uh, people, uh, friends, and, and loved ones who, um, you know, are were dear to us and and want to support the cause and you know show support in, in two ways obviously for us and losing our son and and a lot of them knew him as well and so um that part was easy for them to make sure that they're involved and want to offer support and i think the second piece will um, help be a part of the walk in that we're hopefully spreading awareness and and minimizing and trying to really kind of chip away at the stigma that is suicide and I think, you know, as we saw there, it really does affect way more people than I think we realize. I know for myself and, and, and Missy as well, prior to us, us losing our son, we didn't really know anybody. Well, we didn't think we did, I should say. Mm-hmm. Know anybody personally who would have been affected, you know, because no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. And, and then come to find out, you know, two of our close friends had been affected by suicide in their lives and friends who we spent a lot of time with and, and hang out with and, and, you know, did lots of things together. And, uh, and we never knew because no one talks about it. And so I think it was great to see a big piece of our community. I mean, for however big that may have been, it's, it's more than it would have been had, had we not been affected in some capacity. Yeah. So it was, it was very, um, it was great to be there and see the community show up for it too. And and I think there is a lot of um, healing and, and connecting with others who, who you know have been to the same and, and can genuinely empathize with how you're feeling and how you have felt. Right. So there's a whole community out there. And we have found that, right. that as our object or subject. But um, like you said, people aren't talking about it and we're talking about it and we need to get that word out that it's okay to talk about it because back in the day it it was there was a stigma and we're trying to break that stigma so i'd like to 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 talk to you now about how you guys have managed to get support in your lives and for other people's lives you have a support group uh called loss correct tell us a little bit about that loss support group here in saint george when it was started and how you guys got involved with that yeah so One of the friends Luis was just mentioning uh, has lost a sister to suicide. And his mom and sister and himself, uh, they lived in Salt Lake at the time. Um, They started this group back in 2010. And that was the very first chapter. Um, And we actually reached out to see if uh, she would mind us sharing a little bit of her story and how that started. And then, so Luis is going to read that and then I'll kind of talk about how we got involved. Sure. Great. Thank you. So it was, it was um, shortly after the death of, of her daughter, uh, Talise to suicide, um, May Bradley and, and her husband Tom, they moved to Virginia for Tom's contract work in Orlando. Uh, Sorry, at Quantico. Um, She was looking for a safe place to process her grief and, and find support, and, and they were in Virginia. Uh, she ended up finding a small peer-led uh, suicide loss support group um, at a church, in a basement of a church. Mm-hmm. And um, once their contract was up, they um, came back to Utah, and she realized that there was a need for that in the community. And so um, she ended up... Um, 
founding the Slaw Support Group um, and opened up the Salt Lake chapter. And um, we are now, there's now five chapters here in the state of Utah. That's great. So how many people are coming? When do you meet? And what does a Lost Support Group do? Yeah, so we meet on the third Tuesday of the month, uh, just locally here at our hospital at St. George Regional Hospital. Uh, down in the basement, there's a conference room called Angels Landing. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that's where we meet. Um, we have anywhere from five to 15 people every month that come. Um, it's really a peer-led support group when we are able to just lean in and talk about our feelings and what's going on and um, support each other. And it's not a replacement for therapy or anything like that, but it's so helpful to be able to talk to those who have a similar loss and for to know they understand what you're going through because they also have lost somebody to suicide and understand there is hope and we can lean on and lean in on each other and and support each other. Yeah, and I think one of the um, uh, big words we, we think about is postvention, right? Mm-hmm. Suicide postvention, mm-hmm. um, and trying to make sure that that people who have been personally affected are do have an outlet, um, because there is now a higher likelihood of of suicide to those that have been impacted by suicide, and so uh, really trying to be a source of support for anyone in the community who, you know, regardless of, of their background or religious affiliation, like none of that matters outside of uh, human to human and, and we're sharing in, in our loss and, and able to hopefully talk about our loved ones and, and um, help each other. How about Luis throughout it? I mean, it's been a little over two years, but how has that been? How 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 hard is that to tell total strangers? And in some case, it might be easier, but I don't know. Um, yeah, I think there's some there's definitely um, some truth to that in in having a conversation, a raw and sometimes um, you know a heavy conversation. Uh, there's definitely a, a bit of it's easier to talk to strangers in that sense, and I think initially. Even before this uh, lost group that we were able to be a part of, even having conversations dealing with my son's loss was initially really hard. And I think because of the the weight of the trauma and, and the grief uh, and the guilt, you know, you um, as a parent, uh, losing losing a child, right, it's so unnatural. And, uh, and then when it comes to suicide, you know, I remember early on just, just feeling... Uh, it's it's a weird uh, kind of like survive. It's kind of like survivors' guilt, but guilt and happiness. And that was a strange thing, and it was very real for me. And I think as we are able to talk about it more and more, um, obviously, you know, it, it becomes easier to discuss it. And there was a time where I had a I had a really hard time because I felt so much um, anger at at like the universe. You know, not towards anybody in particular. I just anger, which was really grief, but mm-hmm. it was you know manifesting as anger, and and uh, I I had to really kind of do a deep delve and and spend some time going over, um, writing down how I'm feeling, um, trying to talk to you know. We were very fortunate to be able to um, begin counseling right away, 
Um, and it took a lot of work and, and I think I was able to, and I've been able to fortunately really look at the time that I had with my son. I think the, the natural, um, way of looking at it is through a lens of, of, um, I don't get to do these things anymore. Right. We, you have milestones or you talk about a holiday or, or whatever it may be. And I think initially that became, uh, a point of, of hurt for me because mm-hmm. I saw it as I no longer got to do these things. And so over, over a lot of work, <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I, I now can look back and, and see it from, uh, I get, I got to, I was able to, mm-hmm. I'll have those experiences for the time that I had. And so it's a weird, um, way to see it. But I think the shift from, from the pain to a shifting of gratitude was, was instrumental for me. And, uh, that helps me to be able to spread the word and, and actively engage with people and try to talk. And I, you know, I think in a kind of pretty messed up way, um, my son really, really elevated my sense of, uh, empathy and compassion towards others, right? Because, um, we just don't know what people are going through. Mm-hmm. And so right. as trivial as it may seem, and, you know, we, we, we put more weight into these situations or exchanges with people and what they're doing. And we get upset because they didn't use their turn signal or they can't remember their, their pin when they're checking out at the, you know, at the grocery store, like all these things. And we just, we just don't know, like, you know, they may have had uh, some serious news just given to them. They may, who knows, who knows. And, yeah. um, and I find myself now just, you know, being able to just be way more patient and and uh, understanding about little things that weren't yeah so it's, so you kind of move from a sense of being feeling cheated to appreciation which yeah. even though it's kind of a sad way to look at it it, it really did happen yeah. that way um, mom tell us about how you have been dealing with this and and what kind of uh, support you can offer for other mothers out there who maybe feel the same way yeah as a mother, I really struggled with the guilt of not recognizing that my son was deteriorating or, you know, just in this really bad depressive state, and um, which led to a suicide. And I just played that game over and over of the what ifs, like what if I would have noticed this or what if this? And um, it's really not fair. Like, I've gotten to a point in, in my um, therapy that I realize that's just not a fair way to live my life. Um, it's not very kind. And I have to remind myself, like, I, w- I was doing the best I could with what I knew at mm-hmm. the time. And a lot of us, all these mothers are doing the exact same. Like, if love could have saved our kids, they'd still be here. Mm-hmm. And so it's not for a lack of that. You know? So be kind to yourself. Give yourself grace and compassion because... You couldn't have prevented this. Yeah, I I, I hate to wor- use the word prevention sometimes, and and um, because it, it it's kind of a struggle or a stretch because you don't know what's going through that person's mind, and and no matter what you do, and especially for kids, then they might not want to reach out to their parents. And so that's probably yeah. the last person they want to reach out to because they don't they don't want to. They're not they're they. I don't know if it's a feeling of sense of shame for themselves or if they just, you know, don't want to listen to their parents, but that's just how kids kind of can be. 
And so that blame, you can't play that blame game. It just doesn't work um, for whatever reason. Um, they were taken too soon. And, and, uh, and that's, that's a sad state of affairs to have to deal with. And so I'm, again, once again, sorry for your loss. Um, this out of the darkness walk actually brought community together, um, brought you guys together. You met people that you didn't know from before. Um, how have you reached out to people with your support loss group? Um, you, I, you guys had a booth there. Tell us about, did you reach out and, and get more people to possibly come? Yeah, I actually had a couple coworkers there at the walk and we didn't know that either one of us had had a loss. And so I've been able to connect with them at work and check in on them and give them more information and let them know, like, we're here in the basement of this same hospital on the third Tuesday of the month. And I'm here, you know, just a text away. Like, I get it. So it was really cool to see you know, friends that I work with and, and connect that way. Um, we've, uh, also had a couple other people that are interested in the group reach out and ask questions. So that's been awesome. Yeah. And even with that, so we, we had, um, some of these little like cards, flyers with the information. And I mean, I have some in my car with me at all times. And, and so, um, just an, it was really an extension of what we, I feel like we're, we do pretty regularly. And, um, if we hear of someone, you know, struggling or has had a loss in their life, even if it's a while back, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I think we try to make it a point to at least connect with them and, and just let them know that if, if, if they're ever interested, um, there's a group that gets together once a month and uh, here in St. George at the hospital and you, know, you can just sit and listen. If you don't feel like sharing, that's totally fine too. I think, um, I think it was great to be able to have a booth there with information because I felt like uh, we were able to field several questions from uh, people walking by and stopping us. And and hopefully, even if they don't come, maybe they share that news with someone else too, right? So the the goal for us is to uh, just really spread the awareness so we can let people know that there is a place for them to be able to come. Yeah, Uh, people should feel um, welcome to to be able to express their feelings, even as difficult as it is. And, and the resources that you talked about are just, they're out there, but sometimes you don't think about where to turn or who to turn to. And that's part of what reach for hope for, you know, suicide prevention does too, is try to get those resources in the hands of people that need them um, at the time that they need them. It's a, it's a tough thing because we're talking about trauma and PTSD in the lives of the family members that are left and friends. I mean, because, like you said, no matter how long ago this may have occurred, you're going to still, something's going to trigger that and you're going to still remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you got to try to do is not beat yourself up. And I don't know what kind of advice you might have for people on that, but that guilt sometimes can eat people. And I, I don't know how you talk about that in your support loss group, but I, I would imagine that's a big part of it. Right, Misty? Yeah, it is a big part of it. And I have this mantra that I just keep telling myself when I get down like that, like you were doing the best you could with what you knew. And sometimes it'll help me flip out of that negative mindset. Um, But just to be able to talk to people and you always see it differently in your own mind. But when you hear somebody else say it, it doesn't sound right. So it's easier to, to be there for somebody. And when they're talking about their loss and, I'm being hard on myself. It's really easy for me to say, well, that's not kind. You know, that's not something that 
you would say to a friend. So why do you say it to yourself? Why do you allow those thoughts to manifest and, you know, be your reality? Like be kind to yourself um, and treat yourself with compassion because that's important. Yeah. What kinds of things then do you both do to try to remember Alejandro besides the walk? And I mean, I don't know how else you, you know, think about him and how you can have him, uh, you know, feel closer and, and know that he's okay and that you're okay. And, you know, to, to bring this to kind of a closure, even though it was, it, it, you, you probably never get the answers. Yeah, I think, um, so, so for his, uh, like, um, service, memorial service that we did, we ordered these bracelets to be made, uh, like hundreds of them so we can have them available and just kind of like wristbands like they gave out at the, uh, our darkness walk, right? So ours are pretty faded and we've been through a handful of them already, (laughs) but, um, I think it's, I, I, it's a reminder, right? Like. I'm just out of again of of I want to honor the memory of my son and and to be able to do that it's to be able to show compassion towards others and and uh, talk about it as much as possible. I think that's one of the misconceptions that that people will have common and I understand it. I get the the hesitation, right? They think it's going to make me uncomfortable or they're going to put me uh, they're going to bring back a painful memory. Um, but I think to anyone who has lost a loved one, I think it's the opposite of that, right? There's not a day that doesn't go by that we don't think about it and we don't think about them. Uh, what we don't want is for others to forget about them. And so I think it's, I love to be able to talk about my son and I, 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 when I know someone has lost someone, I make it a point to try to, you know, have that conversation and engage and learn about them and hear some stories because I think we want to be able to have relive those memories as best we can because that's all we have now, right? Right. And so if you could share anything with us about him, what would that be? Alejandro had such a great sense of humor and he was such a great dancer. Um, one thing that he did is he put a playlist together and so I'll listen to that and just jam out <laughs> and just remember like his dance moves and just that funny sense of humor um yeah i you know i i was always um same i think he had such a phenomenal sense of humor and and almost above his age you know the jokes that he would make and laugh about and and such an avid reader um i remember just being blown away i always thought i was a fast reader and then uh seeing him just burn through books was was something different too and all very impressive um and uh, so we still have, we have like a, I don't know, shrine may not be the right word because that sounds uh, <laughs> a little creepy, but yeah. we have a place in just outside our bedroom, uh, just kind of a little alcove in, in the wall that we have a picture of him and we have his ashes there and uh, just things that we kind of remember milestones from his life. And so we can see that every day coming out of a room and, um, and I, I love to be able to show it to people. So if anybody asks, I'm, I happily go through it and and what everything means on there because it gives me a chance to, you know, talk about my son again. Yeah. And this support group uh, allows other people to talk about about their loved ones that they've lost. And, and I think that's so important because some people think, oh, you don't want to talk about it, like you said, but you really do because that actually is 
therapeutic for you guys, right? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you know we 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 mentioned earlier there's a there's still a lot of stigma in, in around suicide, and I think even mental health. It's great that we have the fact that we have mental health awareness. I mean, companies are are coming out and talking about it, right? We have a new um, uh, hotline uh, to, for them to be able to reach out. Like it's it's such a bigger part of our communities and our lives than it used to be because we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, we want to, you know, be able to take every opportunity that we can because it, that's how we eat away and chip away at that stigma uh, and that pain that people will have is talking about it. All right. Well, I'd just like to thank both of you for joining us today and uh, and um, encourage others to reach out for help. One more time on the on just the, the date. The, is it the second or third Tuesday? It's the third Tuesday of the month, uh, just at the local hospital, St. George Regional Hospital. At uh, what time? 7 p.m. 7 p.m. All right. Well, we'll... Hopefully people will be looking forward to seeing you there and and that you'll be there and can help other parents pull through this or people who have lost people. So thank you so much for sharing your story today. Um, And, you know, what people need to realize out there is that they aren't alone, right? Right. 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 Thanks for having us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Thanks thanks for watching. And we hope you have a great day. And remember, there's always hope. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call or text the Suicide Crisis Lifeline at 988 because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from a podcast studio.